This is the ATM at the Minute Podcast, episode 160. Peter Mitchell here with Jackson Stover, and we are talking NFL draft reactions. Who killed it? Who made their team better? We're going to go through our rankings, our notable teams, and then we're going to switch it up, talk the latest and greatest of the NBA playoffs, talk some big picture things. Philly's struggling. It looks like they're going to get bounced. What are they going to do next? And we're going to talk about the Suns, of course, you name it, all the latest. Jackson, let's do it. All right, Peter, here we are. We are a few days out of the NFL draft. We are in the thick of the NBA playoffs. We will not be stopped by technical difficulties, COVID scares, limited storage on laptops. We're here. We're recording. I'm excited. My sons are finally looking like the sons. But before we get there, let's start with some NFL draft. I'm going to kick it to you first. And before we get into teams, I want to know, were there any massive takeaways? Like, did you leave the night of round one or even after the last day going, holy cow, I can't believe this happened? Great question, because it feeds into what I wanted to ask you. And I think it, it wasn't really a theme, but seeing the quarterbacks fall in this draft was not Absolutely. something we're used to. We all expected them to go in rounds two, three at the latest. And you have most of them going round three, Sam Howell following all the way to five. And guys who we were hearing like early on in the year, Bailey Zappi, Carson Strong. I mean, they're going like late. Carson Strong was one of the last picks. Brock Purdy, last pick of the entire draft, I believe, right? He goes to San Francisco. So I don't think he was the last pick of the draft, but he was one of the very last. I could have actually. I thought been he Mr. might have Relevant. been Mr. Irrelevant. Um, but Maybe anyways, so. does does the does how late these guys got drafted change the way that you think of them and their chances at success? Yeah, if NFL team doesn't believe in them, why should I? There's 32 <laughs> teams. If none of them want them. What makes me think they'll succeed? I think some of it was just kind of getting back to the norm a little bit. Like we've been so ridiculously just quarterback heavy in the draft the last few years. It seems like the wide receivers kind of took the place with them this year. And the QBs went back to being drafted like it was seven or eight years ago, a, a little bit of a return to normalcy. But I don't know, even seeing Malik Willis fall like that made me think, um, if no one wants him first or second round, then is he really even got a shot to be a starter one day? Yeah, I think the thing is with each one of these guys, they might be far away from being ready to go. At least that is the story with Willis. He ends up in Nashville behind Ryan Tannehill, who uh -huh. we all know he said, I'm yeah. not going to mentor him. Quick note on that. Like, I get what he's saying. And I, I understand the sentiment, but I think the delivery needs to be different because people people read into the semantics of I'm not going to mentor him. You could well, have said something thing. slightly different. You know you're being set up, so why even answer the question, honestly? All you're yeah. going to say is some generic response like, I'm ready to do what's best for the team, or I'm ready to win, whatever that takes, whatever it looks like, I want to help the team. You say some shit like that. You don't be like, I mean... 
I don't want to mentor him. It's not my job. Uh, just like, bro, you're the starting quarterback and he's yeah. in the QB room with you all the time. What are you not going to say stuff out loud, like takeaways and point things out that could help everyone because you don't want to help him? Like, just just do your job. Be the quarterback. Show up. Maybe show up to voluntary <laughs> workouts after you just sucked ass in the playoffs and threw three picks. Maybe start there. He didn't learn from Roethlisberger. That's clear. No. But no. yeah, you or don't want to help someone steal your job. I get it. Uh, Malik Willis, though, I think it's a great situation for him. He gets to sit behind Tannehill this year. If Tannehill plays great, um, leads him to the playoffs and has some success, then good for him. Maybe he'll get a new contract elsewhere or a new contract with the Titans. If he stinks, if he falls off a little bit or they don't think he's worth extending, they have a guy who's been groomed for a year has physical traits that Tannehill might not. And I got a question potentially raise their ceiling. I think that's the idea with Willis. Do you think there's any correlation between the AJ Brown trade and selecting Willis? Like, do you think there's anything connected there? Like anything that has to do with Tannehill thinking, you know what? We're not going to keep Tannehill around anyway. We want to go toward a more athletic, dual threat quarterback. We don't need AJ Brown as bad in that style of offense. We're not going to pay him twenty five mil a year. Someone like Malik Willis, you know, maybe he can be the guy where we can run more of like a Baltimore type offense and rely on our defense. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Maybe they maybe they don't believe in Tannehill's ability to win a Super Bowl, so they took Willis. They said, we don't want to have a receiver getting paid all this money when we have a QB on his rookie contract. We want to wait, see how he does before we sign deals like that. Maybe they just want the flexibility because I, I don't know. A.J. Brown's a great player. I love what the Eagles did. You're going to hear me talk I mean, about that like in a little bit. He's 23, though. You know, like he's only 23. Isn't he someone that you'd want to keep? Like, wouldn't you want him there for Tannehill? Even if you don't think you can win a Super Bowl, like, well, don't you want to give it a shot? You were the freaking one seed last year. You would think so, but a lot of people comped Traylon Burks to A.J. Brown, and they they did sign Robert Woods. I forgot that. I think most people forgot that. I think that's a nice addition. Two solid receivers, and then the great is Woods run back? game. Is he healthy now, or is it one of those that it's going to be like a full year recovery? Nah, you're putting me on the spot. He's going to play know, next man. year. Okay, I just... I don't know, dude. Tennessee is weird. I didn't believe in it this year. I didn't buy it. It all seemed kind of fake. And I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and they go, what, eight and nine next year? Wouldn't shock me. Vrabel's a great coach. So, I mean, I'll give them that. He's the one piece I do believe in. But, I, yeah, I don't know what to expect, man. Let's go to Desmond Ritter, who falls to the Falcons in round three. I think it's a similar scenario. He's going to sit there. Watch Mariota, watch Mariota, see how long he can keep the job. And if he falls off halfway through the year, maybe even before that, I think they might go to Ritter. And then getting Drake London and Kyle Pitts, he's going to have some weapons to work with. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's ever really going to get a shot. I don't know. You th so I you think Mariota is going to be successful? No. But I don't think Atlanta has any shot to be any good. So, I mean, maybe there's a chance that they're so bad. It's like, hey, let's just throw Ritter out there the last four games and see if we've got anything in him. But I just can't imagine them being in a situation going, hey, 
you know who could be the answer? Desmond Ritter. And I don't see their oh, core he... group of guys being good enough to do anything where you might look at whatever sample you get with him and think he is the guy. Now, I love the Drake London pick. I love Drake London. But still no Calvin Ridley. I don't think London and Pitts with a mediocre offensive line and no other weapons, no running game. I just don't see any way Atlanta's going to be any good. And they have maybe the worst defense in the league. So I just think they stink. It's going to be a down year where they're kind of tanking with Mariota and Ritter's a nice afterthought. Maybe in a few years, you know, he competes for the job if they don't find a good guy to take the torch over. But I don't see him playing. They they would have taken him sooner. They would have taken him sooner if they thought he could actually play and compete for the job. I think a lot of teams would have moved up the board had they seen one of these quarterbacks go in the second round. They just kind of fell, and so that's just what happened. Because once one went, you, ha- you have the little run on them, right? I disagree, though. I feel like I'd want to move up if I wasn't seeing them go. Like, hey, we've got a guy valued at this spot, and he still hasn't gone. Let's go get him, you know? Maybe, but I would bet I would bet my mortgage that Desmond Ritter plays football this year. Wow. Mar- I'll take when, you up on that. Why would Mariota be the regular season starter the whole year? He would have to play well. And I don't I don't I agree with you. I don't think the Falcons you know are going to be coaches? good. I don't think the Do Falcons you know who are, their coaches. Let me finish. I don't think the Falcons are going to be good, which is all the more reason why Ritter's probably going to get a chance this year. All right, Shannon Sharp there. You asked a question and then said something after you asked me the question. But do you know who their coach is? Arthur Smith. And yeah, he has a relationship with Mariota. That's the only reason they signed him this offseason. Exactly. Exactly. They also didn't go after any other QBs and they didn't make a move in the first two rounds of the draft for a QB. If they actually saw someone that they really liked and thought could start, I guarantee you they would have moved up and gone and gotten him late in the first, sometime in the second. They wouldn't have waited till the end of the third round to take him. I just don't I don't buy that. And I think clearly they're confident in Mariota. I mean, they didn't go into the draft thinking they were going to get a guy to start because everyone thought the QBs would be gone by middle of the third round. They couldn't have expected him to be there. So I just don't see any way their game plan is like, hey, third round, if Ritter's sitting there, let's take him, let him compete with Mariota. I I just think it was like a, holy shit, he's here? Who knows? Maybe he turns into something, not a bad guy to have in the QB room. Let's take a shot. No, they were a team that needed a QB. You're acting like Mariota. You're acting like they think Mariota is like a franchise quarterback. That's not the case. Ritter is third all time in NCAA wins. This guy has experience. He's going to get on the field this year. Let's move it on. One more question first, though. If they didn't believe in Mariota and had to do something else, like why haven't they gone after Baker or any of these other guys around? That, that's my big thing. Like They clearly felt good enough to potentially roll into the season with Mariota as the guy without any other option. I don't think they think Garoppolo can win a Super Bowl. He makes a lot of money. I think Baker Mayfield has turned a lot of teams off of him, which I don't agree with. I think he has a chip on his shoulder right now and played through injury last year and has maybe his best football ahead of him. I'm not ready to give up on him. But look at the field. There really wasn't that great of an option. So, yeah, you just go get some bridge quarterback who you have a relationship with. This is what teams have done with Teddy Bridgewater the last few years. I, I agree. It's I no think he different is a than bridge that guy. I think he is a bridge guy. But I think if it was one of those deals like, holy shit, are we really going to roll him out there? And they didn't feel like he was going to start for the year. They would have done something else sooner. So last thing I got to say on this one, 
whatever dollar amount you want to come up with, I'll shake your hand on it through the FaceTime right now and tell you, I do not think Desmond Ritter will start more than two games this year. And if he does, it is week 16 and 17 because they have won damn near zero games. Okay, so you're saying two games. I said game. I guess it didn't specify. Any game outside of the last two weeks. Any game outside of the last two weeks. 50 bucks. Let's go. Deal. Deal. There you go. End on a positive note on that one. Now let's get into our teams and our rankings. No, no, no. Let's go through the last two quarterbacks real quick. That's why I was trying to move the pace along. Matt Corral goes to the Carolina Panthers. Ian Rappaport comes out and says, it was because he's got... Uh, he's been battling with alcohol and depression off the field issues. I don't know if I'm really buying this off the field issue stuff. This guy performed at a high level at Ole Miss. Maybe he doesn't know the game and maybe he is a little bit of a system guy and it will take time for him to get there. But I think he played at a high level and it's wrong to just bash him. He clearly has talent and a good arm. Let's see how Darnold plays this year. I want to I want to see Corral though because I think he's got a I'll chance to be I'll say this. Good. I think Corral has a better chance of playing over Darnold than I do <laughs> over Mariota. Now granted, I think very little of Sam Darnold, but I I'm interested to see how it plays out cuz I mean, Corral was in a top conference competing on a very high level. He was in the Heisman conversation and yeah, we know Lane Kiffin's offense and they're going to score 80 million points no matter who's the quarterback probably, but still he's doing it in the SEC and he showed some moments where he's playing through injury. He's still scrambling, making big plays. I mean, every once in a while would have the tough interception, but he was a fun guy to watch who was electric and at the very least should be entertaining while back there. Even if you're not the best team in the world, you know, he's probably more entertaining at quarterback than Sam Darnold. I think Ritter plays more games this year than Corral. <laughs> no, we doubt. can alter our bet to that one. Double down do also. We might just have to double it. To 50 100. on both. 50 <laughs> on both. Fuck it. NFL uh, season's a long way away, man. Give us something to look forward to. All right. Deal. Let's see if we remember that. And then the last one Sam Howell to the Commanders. Now, he was someone who was projected top 10 before yeah. last season. He falls quite a bit. You think he has any chance of success there? I think it might take a few years, but he is one that I do give a shot because of the potential that was flashed and the fact that he's on a team with really no weapons. He wasn't set up for success this season. I mean, his running backs, his receivers, everyone's gone. He's got a bunch of freshmen out there. People are hyping him up like he's going to be the number one pick. Like There was just no way the guy was going to live up to expectations with where he was at. But I don't know, man, his arm's pretty strong. He does make some bonehead throws, but I've seen flashes where he's got the NFL build. He's athletic and quick enough where he can scramble a little bit and get outside the pocket and make stuff happen. Arm is very strong. I think it's stronger than a lot of the other quarterbacks in this class. He's one I could see. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he got a shot, you know, starting for the commanders in two years if the Wentz thing doesn't work out. Now, granted, I don't know if Wentz will have a two-year window to (laughs) give it a shot, but you know what I'm saying? Like, in a few years, if they don't get a guy that's the franchise dude, I could see Sam Howell getting a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he starts next season, even if they draft a quarterback. We'll see. 
preseason will actually be fun this year because all of the QBs, none of them will be starting. So we'll get to see a lot in the preseason and figure out, do any of them actually have a shot to steal a job? Yeah, great point. All right, let's switch gears. Let's recap what some of these teams did. So I'm going to start with the Philadelphia Eagles, rival of my Cowboys. I think they did a great job on draft night. Obviously, this is all projection. But getting Jordan Davis, they move up ahead of the Ravens, who everyone had uh, Davis mocked to them. They go Mm -hmm. get their guy, and Fletcher Cox is getting old. He almost walked in free agency, so maybe he's got one more year. But this year, you got two beasts on on the interior of that defensive line. I love that. They get A.J. Brown. He's great after the catch. I think that's perfect for what Jalen Hurts does in the RPO game. Quick read, make the throw, get it out your hands, let him do the work after the catch. And then, of course, Nicobe Dean falls to them in round three. Now, some people are saying he has a torn pec. I didn't have that information when we talked last. So he yeah, might not even he play fell way this further. year. This was like a Michael Porter Jr. type fall, like granted on a much yes. larger scale, but I'm talking like from number one to 13 compared to like mid first round to third round or whatever it was. But yeah, I'm with you like you can come back from a torn peck. Who cares if he misses a year? If you get a guy that's still got the potential to be a pro bowler at some point, like it's worth more than a third round pick even when, if you don't get him this year. Yeah. When he's physically ready, he's going to be very mentally ready. Uh, great player. They get another interior O-lineman, Cam Jurgens. Jason Kelsey was gassing him up. He's not even scared that this dude's a center. Um, so he liked that. And then, of course, KU shout-out, Kyron Johnson. DN ran a 4-4. He goes to the That's Eagles impressive. late in the draft. So love what they did. I'm not looking forward to having to play against A.J. Brown, Jordan Davis, and eventually N'Kobe Dean twice a season. I've got the Eagles ranked as my number three team. So they were up there for me, considered even having them at one. I really liked what they did. A couple quick questions for you on them. Do you like what they did the best? Like, would you put them at number one out of ranking all of the team's drafts, including the A.J. Brown trade? That counts as part of it. I wouldn't put them number one, but I I feel confident they got like four difference makers, like four good players. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Okay, next question. Do you think with Jalen Hurts there, you know, these new weapons now, looks like a slightly improved defense, do you think that they actually have a chance to do something, or is it going to be like next year, year after, when they move on from Hurts and get a more traditional QB, they can really sling it and take full advantage of A.J. Brown, that the Eagles will be a threat and you'll really be losing sleep, that they could run the division and Cowboys will have trouble? It's a prove-it year. Jalen Hurts got to the playoffs last season, really fell off. I think it's just one of those things. Maybe his style of play works in the regular season and doesn't translate, but we will see. this. Rudy Gobert of football? Maybe. A little bit of what happens to Lamar Jackson, too. Completely agree. Yeah, but we will see this season. If it doesn't work out, they made that trade with the saints before the draft they're going to have ammunition in next year's draft where you have cj stroud bryce young tyler van dyke out of miami Uh, there's a few more guys i can't think of off the top of my head but that's definitely what it is i expect them to be a right at 500 or maybe a game or two above it this year yeah that's kind of what i think 
I think Hertz has a nice floor. Like you know, he's gonna be good enough to win. Oh, and games. get him in you know, fantasy. He'll make some plays. Yeah, he'll be a good one to have in fantasy. But I think you're also kind of limited in somewhat of a way, like with Lamar, but he's obviously not quite as talented. Where I think there's just a cap on the way that he plays, and you're not gonna be you know, a 12, 13 win team. I just don't see that style of play getting it done and with how inaccurate his arm is and relying on, you know, extending plays, making things happen outside the pocket. Um, We saw it in college. I agree. Yeah. One last thing here. Hot take. Uh, I think other OU quarterback Baker Mayfield could be a better fit for that offense, fit the city as a personality and be better overall for the Eagles. I could see that actually working. That's one of the few teams where I think if Baker went there right now, he would succeed. It's another it's another hostile place if it doesn't work out, though. Very oh, it's as hostile as it gets, but I think they'd embrace him. I think they'd embrace the hostility, and if he started off hot, it would be an instant connection. All right, who you got for me? The team I was most impressed with and have at the top of my rankings, I think it's the same team you have at the top of your rankings, it's got to be the Jets. I mean, getting Sauce Gardner at four, I was almost completely positive thought it was just a fact that he would be the first corner taken so I was shocked to see Derek Stingley go before him but awesome for the Jets I'm sure they were fired up seeing that happen and then they also got Garrett Wilson who's without a doubt one of the best receivers in the draft and then they moved back up to get Jermaine Johnson defensive end out of FSU who they had ranked in the top 15 they thought he was someone that I didn't know it was that high but they were considering him with their second pick he was on the board there and in play. Obviously, they wanted to get a receiver. The new the run on them was coming, but he was in play there. And then I heard that they also had Brees Hall um, ranked as a first rounder, and they thought the Texans would take him with the second pick in the second round. So they jumped them and moved back to the first pick in the second round to get Brees Hall. And then after that, wind up taking Ohio State tight end um, Ruckert who will be very nice depth for them. They're going to be solid already with the two guys they got, um, bringing CJ Uzama in, and then they also still have Herndon, right? He's the other tight end. He may have left, but he's Can't remember if it's Herndon or someone else. Uzama and Ruckert could be good. Uzama's going to be the one. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I was thinking that Ruckert was going to come in at the three but have a chance to play. But anyway, he's going to be in the mix. They've got a shit ton of depth. I'm sure you got plenty of other notes on them. I was impressed. Zach Wilson's got a show, but I think they're they've put themselves in very good position to succeed over the next few seasons. Yeah. Four potential day one starters. Like no doubt about it. I think the one question will be Brees Hall, but by the yeah. end of the season. Him and Michael Carter, they'll be a one two punch. Yeah, great one two punch. Like the the only thing I wish they would have gotten was an offensive lineman somewhere, but they did bring in Lakin Tomlinson from the Niners this offseason. Mackay Becton yeah. will be back from injury eventually. They took Vera Tucker last year. They're going to be all right. And you look at that receiving core and what Wilson has around him. You talk about CJ coming over. It's Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, great blocker, Elijah Moore, and they say Denzel Mims is killing it in camp. I don't buy yeah, that. Yeah, I've given up on him by now. But I like it a lot. Zach Wilson should have a chance at succeeding next season. I think it's worth buying Zach Wilson stock right now. Like if you're a collector, maybe, yeah, I was gonna go say, after maybe go some Zach Wilson memorabilia because 
I feel like prices are pretty freaking low. They can't get a ton lower. I think people have already written him off as a bust, at least market value wise. So might as well buy low. And if he has any flashes this year, you know, you can sell, you can hold, you're going to be making money though. But I think with the weapons and his arm talent, there's a shot. This guy could still wind up being pretty damn good. Yep. All right. I'm going to go with my next team and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. We need to get into this one. Wow. I had the Chiefs ranked at nine. So my rankings aren't that serious. It's more like what was most intriguing to me. But I also think they did a great job. They lost depth in their secondary. They get Trent McDuffie with their first pick at 21 and then George Karlaftis at 30. Look, if you want to win in the AFC West, you're going to need a damn good secondary, and you're going to need guys who can get to the passer. Karlaftis comes in, lets you play Chris Jones up the middle where he's at his best, not out on the edge like they tried last year. So now your front three is Clark Jones, Karlaftis. That's great. And I, he hasn't been playing football that long. They said like six years. He just sounds like a warrior. I think he's going to be good. He sounds like a patriot. I, I don't know why, but I hear that name Carl Loftus, and I just think that's a New England patriot name. <laughs> and then they say McDuffie, he doesn't have the size of uh, Gardner, someone like that, but he's just as stu- like a sturdy, steady, solid as it gets. So whenever okay, you're going so against Devontae Adams or that trio that the Raiders have, like let's, you're going to need another cut one to the like chase that. here because I know where you really want to go with this. You haven't said his name yet, but go ahead and just jerk yourself off about Sky Moore. You were so excited about him. Yeah, man. I said they needed to take him. He falls in their lap. You in the called second it. Round. You they, did. They traded back to get him. I didn't think he was going to be there. Fifty-four. What do you think of this receiving core? Like being completely honest, it's Juju, Sky Moore, I think it's, Valdez, it's very Stantling, mediocre, and Kelsey. Very mediocre. You're very taking mediocre. guys that. You have a rookie who is sixth, seventh best receiver in the draft. You have a guy who drops balls religiously in Marquez Valdez Scantling. Couldn't ever really pop with a two-time MVP, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think he's decent. Like, you know, good enough to get snaps. He's a physical receiver. He's going to block for you. He's going to do the little things. So I don't think he's a bad number three. Uh, Juju, I think he's good when healthy. I'm not sure how healthy he's been in a long time. Hopefully he is this year and hopefully he's still the same guy. I don't know about all the bullshit that comes with it and the TikTok dances and just all of the drama and nonsense with him. I don't know if he's a guy that's worth the trouble if he's not playing really good. So talent wise, eh, you know, we'll see what Sky Moore is. Juju and Kelsey, it's solid, but you've got Mahomes back there. So like everyone's infinitely better with him anyway. So there's a chance Marquez Valdez Scantling winds up being really solid and there's a chance that juju winds up being a pro bowler you know he could get back to the form that he was in in prime big bin days or at least toward the end of it when he was balling and took the torch over from ab i think there's a chance we see that guy and rogers is or not rogers excuse me i think mahomes is at a better point in his career and gonna produce more than rogers was at the stage in his career and i think he also got to do some game managing the last season and two seasons because they were up by so much in some games they didn't really need to take shots like Mahomes might this year I'm not sure that they're just going to be blowing people out of the time so I think Valdez Scantling might get more targets and I think he's going to be more important to that team than he was in Green Bay when it was really just Rodgers and Devontae 
Yes, agree with that. Um, again, I'm going to throw out another bet if you're willing to take it. Skymore leads receivers in receptions next season for the Chiefs. I think he ends the year with the most receptions among Juju MVS. You name the number, buddy. Wait, 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 wait. You say among receivers, receivers. or among players? Receivers. Clearly, Kelsey Would does not count. Would you consider Travis Kelsey a no. receiver? Damn. No. All right. All right. No, I don't want that then. I, I don't know what Juju and uh, Valdez Scantling are going to look like. Round three, Wisconsin linebacker Leo Chanel. He's got to be an upgrade over Ben Neiman. So this is a W for the Chiefs. They have uh, Nick Bolton coming off a strong rookie year. Willie Gay is finally healthy. Josh Williams in round four, long corner uh, out of Fayetteville State, HBCU. This guy killed it at the Super Bowl. He made a good morning football appearance. And he is very likable. Great personality. Wait, he was at the, very. He was at the Super Bowl? Senior Bowl. Oh, I thought you said Super Bowl. I was like, what? Did he like do an interview or something? Okay, Senior Bowl. Gotcha. No, but I, I see I see rounds three, four, and five. I think they got three guys who are going to play this year and could really make an impact. And the fifth rounder is Darian Kennard. Big offensive tackle out of Kentucky. They can throw him on the right side if they need to. Niang was a little bit hit or miss last season. Trey Smith was a fifth rounder out of Tennessee. Now they get another SEC offensive lineman in the fifth round, and he did not sound happy that he fell as far as he did. I think he's going to play nasty next year. All right, so Chiefs Kingdom is happy. I think they should be, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I haven't seen just awful things all over my timeline. It's been positive for the most part from what i've seen so that's got to be a good sign because man when when it goes bad over there you start seeing the tweets come Dude. out the woodworks it's nuts it's, it's disgusting nuts. people i feel the same way about suns fans sometimes though man sometimes oh. suns twitter it, i'm like guys like why are, you, why are you doing us like this like chill out you make everyone look bad <laughs> all right who you got uh the team that i had number two who really Wanted to put it one. I just couldn't with how much the Jets did. But the Ravens, man, I think they crushed mm. it for the position that they were in. Uh, I talked on one of our last pods with Lucas about Kyle Hamilton and how good I think he's going to be. He fell all the way to 14. They got him there, and then they, um, I believe they traded back up into the first round again to get center uh, Linderbaum out of Iowa, right? Yeah. Move back up for him, and he's someone that's going to come in and start day one. And then um, that was part of the Hollywood Brown trade. So Linderbaum, and then they also got a punter in the fourth or fifth round that wound up being the return for Hollywood. Um, they were going to have to extend Hollywood at some point in the coming years. Who knows how much he would have wanted. So. To, and he, uh, he wanted out because of Greg Roman's system, not because of yeah. Lamar. Well, I mean him and Lamar were boys, but that's right. part of the system. You don't have, he wants to get paid. Lamar. He's going to have a better chance getting paid. Facts. Uh, and and Kyler was his best friend at OU. Yeah. And apparently that deal had been agreed upon weeks ago and everyone well, kept quiet. Hollywood knew, but Kyler didn't know. He was in Arizona that night. Like, yeah, he was waiting to surprise Kyler. Yeah. Ridiculous. Pretty interesting. No tampering. No tampering there. <laughs> uh, they also got David Ajabo in the second round and they just cleaned up nice, man. They just do a really good job of taking the best player there that shouldn't have fallen that far that's going to fit into their system. Like Kyle Hamilton should come in and start day one. 
David Ajabo is going to come in and compete for a job. He might not start, but he's going to play snaps. And then you've also got a center who will start from day one. You got yourself a new punter. They just retooled and picked up four guys who are going to come in and play and make an impact immediately. And they got Charlie Kohler out of Iowa State, the really good tight end. Oh, he is good. Yeah, he had a brother that went to Oklahoma State, I'm pretty sure. He might have transferred from Oklahoma State to Iowa State. That might I had be this conversation him. with someone. I don't know. I can't remember who I was with, man. We were with a girl that had like matched with him on Hinge or something and was like, oh, I know him. Like we were watching the Iowa State game. And she was like, did he transfer? Because I thought he went here. And I think we found out he had a brother. Are you looking it up? Four years at Iowa State. He has a brother. From Norman, Guarantee that's it. I think both of his parents are professors at OU. Interesting. Hey, the more you know. Yeah. Um, Brother went to OSU. That's what it was. I'm confident. But anyway, Ravens freaking killed it, man. Added a lot of depth and filled some holes that needed to be filled. Yeah, I like what they did. Okay, the next teams I have in this next wave, they really only have like two guys that I really liked, but it just okay. fit, it just fit kind of what they needed. Um, I guess I'll start with the Giants since they were at the top of the draft. They get Kayvon Thibodeau, who is yep. this charismatic D end. People were up and down on oh, all he, year. He likes NFTs though, bro. He likes NFTs and crypto. Can't draft a guy like that. So I think he's going to go there and try to become the next Michael Strahan. Because that's what everyone's already saying. Oh, they're saying that they, yeah. they oh, said I Strahan. Heard Bill, I heard Bill Simmons and Peter Schrager say it verbatim. Wow. Well, I wish we would have recorded a couple days ago because <laughs> yeah, I sorry had, guy. I have been sitting on that one. It makes sense. He's a big personality. He's an investor. You know, he likes to he likes to be himself and be in the media. Yeah, I mean, Strahan is the perfect perfect role model and comp for that. <laughs> yeah, I think then, he's just as good talent wise. Yep. And then Evan Neal, they get him at seven. I thought he he could have gone number one, honestly, if the right team was there this year. That's a great yep. pickup. He's going to help Daniel Jones. Hopefully, help Saquon. Speaking of, do you still believe in Saquon? No, I am so mad that uh, I got busy at work and accidentally screwed up Brian and I's uh, dynasty draft trade. So I got I got stuck with Saquon because I screwed up our trade and I won off him bad, but I can't uh, can't really play my cards I'm, I'm, on that one. No, I don't believe in Saquon. I think he's very, very likely to be on another team in two or three years and have to go through like a Leonard Fournette type of redemption. Whoa. And then second round, Wandale Robinson, another kind of human joystick receiver out of Kentucky. Yeah. Just adding to their weapons with Galladay, Tony, if they keep him around, Slayton. I had some stuff on him because I didn't know very much about this guy. And then I looked up his numbers and I was like, whoa, why didn't I hear more about him? So he was only at Kentucky for one year. He didn't really do a ton. Um, I'm blanking on the first college he was at, but it was a D1 school, nothing crazy. And then transfers over to Kentucky. And at Kentucky, he had 104 catches for over 1,300 yards last season. But he's not very big. He's only like 5'9". Yeah. And on his career, he had around 700 rushing yards through three seasons. So I'm wondering if maybe this is like there. Hopefully we can get a guy like Tyree Kildrath. Or Debo, something like that. Yeah, something. Just an athletic guy that can do it all. You can move him around, put him in the backfield, have him motion out wide, all that bullshit. Yep, and they they took another O-lineman in the third round. So 
they're definitely trying to help out that offense. Good moves by Joe Shane and Brian Dayball. Who you got next? Yeah, I, I had them at six. I like them quite a bit. Uh, number four, I got the Bengals. Big part of it is because they addressed, just listen, just listen. They addressed everything they needed to, all right? So they needed to fix up the offensive line. They also needed to fix up the secondary. Going into free agency, they absolutely addressed the offensive line. They went nuts. They now have, I would say, grades. Hey, I'm getting there, buddy. The last need they had to address was DB, all right? Going in here, first round, back in, 918, Booker T product. Number one safety in the nation coming out of high school, Dax Hill. So he's going to come in, start right away. And then second round, they took Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska, who is another guy that's going to come in and start right away in the secondary. So they added two DBs that are going to come in and play as soon as they get there, most likely. And then they also added a defensive end and a guard in the later rounds. So extra offensive line depth, add a guy out of Florida and Zachary Carter, who could potentially get some snaps at D end. I think they got quite a bit better. Okay. Also, they took Dax Hill out of Booker T. So yeah, (laughs) I had that written down. We needed to mention it at some point. So yeah, no one's really talking about them, and I think they picked up a few solid players. They didn't have a lot of picks, you know, but with yeah. what they had, I thought they did good. Uh, right after them, I had the Lions. I think with getting Aiden Hutchinson at two, everyone expected him to go one. I think that was a bargain, you know, even though it was only a one-slot difference. And then they got Jamison Williams at 12, who a lot of people consider the best wide receiver in this draft. And then um, no bias here also took Malcolm Rodriguez out of Oklahoma State a little bit later in the draft. So all in all, I liked what they did quite a bit. Yeah, they got two really, really good players in Hutchinson and Jameson Williams who didn't seem happy. I'm still going to go out on a limb and say he is not thrilled to go there. Um, I don't think anyone is. But hey, I want to see him ball out. That'd be sweet. Come on, Jared Goff. Let's go. Yeah, it might take till they get a new guy next year to really ball. But yeah, Goff can sling it around a little bit. Equinemius uh, St. Brown or whoever I'm on it was. St. Brown. Yeah, his brother. He went crazy this year. So yep. line receivers can do it. Who else did you like here? Let's bring it to a close pretty quick. I think there's a couple more I got, a couple more you've got. So I had the Lions on there. Um, but the next one I want to talk about is the Buffalo Bills. A lot of t- uh, a lot of people have them as their Super Bowl favorite going into the year this year. Trey White Vegas does. Um, Trey White tore his ACL in Week 12. He's going to miss the start of the year. What do they do? Go get Kyir Elam out of Florida. This guy's going to be an impact day one corner for them. And whenever Trey White gets back, that secondary is going to be White Elam. Poyer and Micah Hyde like that is very very good they're playing against the Dolphins twice a year uh the Patriots that Jets receiving core they're gonna need those guys and then in the second round they get James Cook who's just an explosive guy they're gonna get some juice in that backfield which they really haven't had yes Singletary breaks off a 15 yard scamper every now and then Different kind of player than James Cook. I think he could be really good and make them less reliant on Josh Allen in the run game. So love what they did. That's fair. I thought it was all right. Like, I definitely thought they got better, but I thought James Cook was a little early, and I get what they're doing. You know, like, need to fill that hole at running back. Added some help on uh, defense, but I don't know. I wasn't, like, crazy blown away with them. 
<laughs> they got better. I just don't like the Bills that much. Either. I thought they did get better, but I don't know. I would have put them probably like 11 or 12. I wasn't super impressed. Uh, a couple other teams that I had, I threw the Falcons on there at 10 just because I liked that they got Drake Drake London and ironic said they got Ritter at a good value, even though I don't think he's <laughs> Oh be any God. good, but I still think decent pick. I mean, he's there in the third round. Take a shot. Who knows? Could work out. Uh, then I also thought what the Titans did outside of the AJ Brown trade was pretty good. Thought Willis was a really good value just for where they got him. Um, kind of similar thing to Desmond Ritter. Maybe it doesn't work out, but worth a shot. It's quarterback. They're the most valuable asset in the league if they're of any value at all. Uh, also through the Washington Commanders, got it right on there uh, toward the bottom at number eight. Thought they added a lot of talent on offense. And then same thing with Ritter. They got a good deal on Hal, very late. It's a quarterback, should have gone earlier. So that's everything I had. All right, I got two quick ones. We didn't mention the Houston Texans, who did get Stingley. A lot of people think he can be one of the top corners in the league based took on... him so early, though. Yeah, that was strange. But, hey, he's going to be good. He's going to be on an island. They get that's true. He will be good. I just think you could have got another first round pick probably and move back 10 spots to get him. Yeah. Uh, Kenyon Green, um, offensive lineman at a AM, he's going to play early on, go protect Davis Mills. Uh, Jalen Petrie, Lucas's guy, they get him in the second round. They lost Justin Reed to Kansas City in free agency. They go get his replacement, plus John Meachie. Out of Alabama, another weapon with Cooks. I like that. And uh, Nico Collins. And then round three, Christian Harris, who just seemed like a very productive player in his years at Alabama. I like what they did. It seems like they got some players. Yeah, I agree. All right. Any other notes on the draft? I mean, we could talk about the Saints. Like, they clearly think they have a chance to win this year. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know whether they think it's going to be with Jameis or Andy Dalton, but no, they are trying to win this year. They got pinning sleeper team pinning to replace Armstead. They get Olave to pair with Michael Thomas. Like and they, they signed honey badger yesterday and they signed honey badger. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, they are going for it. I, yeah. Just interesting. Like lose your franchise quarterback of a decade and your head coach of a decade plus, back-to-back years and you think you're gonna go get significantly better i was not excited i wasn't excited to watch them like once last year i'm i'm gonna be tuning into these could be fun yeah we'll see what we do with michael thomas all right yeah we're we're on the same page there he can make it interesting (laughs) yeah all right let's talk some ball where do you want to start i can i think we should start with anyone but the suns Oh my God, you're the worst. Why you got me wait, man? Come on, we wait. need. All right, we need to let's, be. Let's start here. Let's start with the most boring series. We'll work our way up. Okay, I think nice sell. <laughs> it's only going to get better from here. I think the Philly and the Heat series is really unappealing, and I know the main reason is because Embiid's out, and nobody thinks that the Sixers have a shot in hell without him playing. Now he should be back for Game Three, so hopefully no, they, it gets a lot more. They haven't listed as out right now, but they said they could change that status. Come game, they did time. the same shit with Booker though. You know, it gets weird in the playoffs with people not wanting to give their tells. You know, make them prep for no Embiid and Embiid. But my biggest takeaway with this series and why the Sixers have no chance: one, James Harden is not James Harden anymore; two. 
Eric Spolster is just running circles around Doc Rivers. I mean, he's so much of a better coach than than him at this stage in their careers and where the NBA is at. The fact that Doc's actually trying to play DeAndre Jordan big minutes to fill in for Embiid, that's incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. He only played 13 in game two. Game one, he played like 30, though, didn't he? Well, yeah, and it was just kind of the way he addressed the media that was like, why are you being so defensive about this guy? He he wasn't good in Brooklyn. He was unplayable with the Lakers. So why are you defending him? Yeah, I mean, he's been unplayable for, what, the last four years of his career? Like, when, when was the last time DeAndre Jordan helped out a team in the playoffs and actually did anything meaningful? I mean, I, I said when Brooklyn signed him, it was a terrible contract. And it's it's played out exactly as expected. But I, I think the yeah, real... It was just for KD and Kyrie. I'm, I'm still shocked that teams have been trying to give him minutes since then, though. Yeah, but the real story to me is what happens with Harden this offseason. Because if, if Embiid doesn't play in Game 3, you can just assume this series is over. Like, it's 100% going Miami's way if he does not play game three and they lose. So this offseason rolls around. James Harden didn't get his paperwork in on his uh, player option, right? I told you that would come up to be a big deal. I don't know what you do because I can, I'm i not wanting to give him this money. The sample size... There's one obvious thing to do. Like literally just one choice. What is that? Sign and trade. Okay. Sign and trade. But then you're going to have to find another team that wants to pay him $60 million at the end of this Easy. deal. Ever heard of the New York Knicks? <laughs> Ever heard of the Sacramento Kings? Oh, the Kings. Some team like that will absolutely jump on it, bro. It's James Harden. And then for him, he might have been bad enough this year that he's not going to be getting max offers from very many teams. You know, not many are going to want him. So if you're Philly and you can get anything back, like I'm talking, even if you could get back like De'Aaron Fox for him or. Which is just crazy because they didn't want, they didn't want to trade yeah, Ben Simmons for him. <laughs> exactly. But that's where, that's where Harden's value is at right now. And of course, lesser value in a sign and trade. But I think it's just as bad if you're already inked into a four-year max deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least Sacramento's the one that would be inking him in there, and they get to do it and, you know, maybe try to negotiate him for less than the max, whatever they do. But I guess it'll be the max for sure if it's a sign-and-trade, right? Like, it would get done first, then he would get shipped? Yeah, I mean, he's got this history with Maury. They would sit down. He would say, hey, like, these are Where your you options. These people would do a deal with us and like he's probably not gonna give the okay to the sacramento but i get what you're saying it i guess would have unless to be... they're the only one willing to do the max yeah that'd be the only way yeah exactly but it's a four-year 220 million dollar extension that he's up for i think he's falling off the sample size has grown against him and they're not going to be able to build a roster around him because they're also paying Tobias Harris $40 million for another two years, I believe. I just don't think it's a recipe for success, especially with Embiid. You probably only have two, maybe three years of him left at close to this level. So I think you got to yeah. make a move. Anything on Miami? I agree. 
I don't know what to make of them yet, man. It just doesn't seem like they've been tested at all, you know? But Atlanta, it's not like Atlanta and Philadelphia aren't bad teams. So is Miami really this good, or have they just, you know, Atlanta stunk and Philly's kind of stunk? I well, don't know. <laughs> you can't really like, measure it without playing. You can't measure it without Joel. I really think the grade right. is incomplete with them. And we said this last week, like the Bucks Celtics winner is probably going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. I just I don't know, man. Miami's interesting. Like Lowry hasn't even been playing. I think he's gonna be back for game three, probably. But like Oladipo's actually playing 25 plus minutes a night and putting up big points in the playoffs. Like the dude didn't even play all year. He was stuck on the bench, like DNPs. What what is going on? It's next man, weird it's next team, man up over there. Yeah, but they don't even need him. They could have just shortened the rotation. Like Duncan Robinson has totally fallen out. Duncan That's Robinson's getting DNPs. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just nuts. Like they, they're a totally different team in the playoffs. And I don't know, maybe, maybe we were wrong. Maybe it's not a lock for Milwaukee or Boston to be going. I still won't pick Miami. <laughs> but... I probably won't either. But if it is a sweep and Embiid doesn't play and they don't even have to really try, they're going to be so much better rested than whoever's coming out of Milwaukee and Boston. Cause you know, either one of those teams, they're going to be banged up. It's probably going to take six or seven stars are going to be playing huge minutes. Miami's going to have an advantage. They seem to be able to morph into whatever they need to, to win. So yeah, I'm with you. Let's see what it looks like next round. Celtics bucks also kind of boring. Not. Oh, really? I thought the last game was a stinker. I It was. But the way Boston plays defense is really impressive to me. And whenever I watch them, Grant Williams making an impact, it's Jalen Brown, Tatum, Derek White. Like, everybody is so long and switchy. I'm yeah. wondering if this is a trend we're going to see in the draft uh, for the next few years in free agency. Because this is sure. this is a recipe that I, I think teams are really going to want to try to recreate. Well, yeah, I think that's part of it. But I think you've also got guys that are just playing better than they have in such a long time. Like the level that Tatum's at, he's so far past what we've ever seen. And he kind of had a little, you know, plateau for a while. And then like Al Horford, dude's looking like 2015 Al Horford out there playing defense, i honest. He's looking really good. And then Tice is looking good again. Smart's had this like resurgence where all of a sudden he's this re-energized guy, defensive player of the year. And they didn't even miss a beat without him. He was defensive player of the year and they were just as good defensively last game. Better. Granted, it's one game, but still. Yeah. Yeah. You said better. Well, they held him to what? 89 points? Something I mean, like yeah, that, in the literal sense, they, they were. Yeah. Giannis played pretty bad. He struggled in the first half. He could not make anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still feel like it's going to go seven, though. I agree. Game okay. three is going to be huge. Milwaukee needs to win that one. I think if they lose, they are in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, I'm with you on that, especially without Middleton. Like You need to protect home court. You need to get some of that momentum back. Exactly. All right. All right. Let's move over to the West. Yeah. Let's Grizzlies and Warriors here. This has been a weird series because after game one and even halfway through game two, I think naturally everyone's kind of thinking this is going to be a sweep 
the Warriors are back. Are we about to see another little dynasty run for the next few years? Like literally in the span of a half, it feels feels like it went from that to holy shit. Uh, what is Jaw turning into here? Are the Grizzlies gonna actually stand a chance to win this series? Like I flip flopped so freaking fast, and I'm at the point where I'm gonna ask you the question here: If Jaw keeps this up and the Grizzlies win this series, what does that make him like? That puts him above like Luca, right? Like he's in that like Steph and Dame stratosphere. Oh, uh, that would be above Dame stratosphere. At yeah. least like not not, you know, span wise, not the span of his career, but no, we're but talking like right now peak, like the best of the best of his career. That would have to go above anything Dame has done, right? Yeah, because he got dismantled by the Warriors. Granted, it was a much different Warriors, but still Steph, Clay, Draymond, um, and KD for parts. But he's made a conference finals, right? But to yeah, it was kind of a Mickey Mouse one though. And to knock out, you know, a defending champ, like this, still is the core of a championship team, right? I think it would put him at a level above dame for sure but i like i wanted to ask you whether or not you think it is for real if he is going to do this or is this kind of donovan mitchell in the bubble in that jamal murray series where we saw donovan mitchell regress this year he's not playing defense people are turning on him the the public is really turning on him you think jaw can sustain this yes and no i think it's somewhere in between everything that you just said So I do think he's better than Donovan Mitchell, and I think he'll sustain it more, and he'll continue to improve his game in different ways and not just turn into an ISO score that's ever going to be that and half-asses it on defense. Now, the defense (laughs) concerns me because he is flat-out clueless on that side of the ball. Like, if you just watch him, he's Westbrook-ish, and that scares me because he'll just lose guys, man. He'll just lose guys. If there's ever a possession where you go, how the hell did he get that wide open and get that look? It's usually something to do with jaw. Either he got picked and didn't go over, fight over a screen when he should have, didn't switch when he should have, or the guy he's guarding just made a back cut and he was just not even paying attention and totally lost him. Because it's rough, man. There's some sequences where jaw will be the reason they give up back-to-back buckets. So defensively, I think that's going to be the hang-up. I don't think he's necessarily going to be dropping 47 all the time in playoff games. But I do think he's special enough offensively and his ability to just get into the lane and figure it out, whether it's going up and under you with that super freaking long left hand that just extends yeah. <laughs> forever or moving to the right off the spin, hitting the fadeaway, getting to the rack and dunking on you, whatever it might be. I think he's going to keep doing that and stay in his bag for a long time as, as long as he's healthy. So I think he continues it, but I do think he's going to get hunted and exposed on defense for a long time similar to the way the Suns did with Luka Doncic last night. I think that's coming. I don't think the Warriors have done that as well. I don't think the Warriors have done as good of a job exploiting him on defense as they could and should. I think they got to put more pressure. I think they're letting him get way too much time, bringing it up the court. They're rolling it up. He's walking up. I think you got to maybe extend out to half court, put a little bit of pressure on him, make him work, make him more tired. Try and see if you can get his legs worn down where he's not as quite bouncy in the fourth quarter and maybe even given less effort on defense. 
That's the way I would go if I was Steve Kerr. Yes. So I think the offensive side of his game is sustainable. I think he's going to have nights like this probably every postseason, 47, mm-hmm. 7 and 8 or 8 and 7. Uh, FYI, if you didn't know. What, you think that every night? No, 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 no. Just if you didn't know what he did in game two. Okay. Those are the numbers. Because uh, he scores in a different kind of way than Donovan Mitchell, one of these jump shooter types. It's getting into the lane. It's much more efficient looks. And I'm with you. I don't understand why they're not blitzing him at times. You know, mm-hmm. with Draymond back, like you'd think that they would use him, maybe try to trap him as soon as he gets across half court. Do anything to get the ball out of his hands. Um, and they're saying Iguodala might come back. Well, why don't you try face guarding yeah. him? And, and I, I throw all this stuff out there, but it's like you saw um, you saw him dance away from, I think it was Wiggins or Clay in the fourth quarter. You, they literally couldn't foul him just the way he moved. Oh, yeah. He, it was Wiggins. Yeah, he's just juking people out there. So much easier said than done denying the ball from him. But they have to do For something sure. different. Letting him roll it all the way to half court and getting like a little bit ahead of this, a little bit of a head of steam, that is not going to work. And whenever he does that, he does things like put Jordan Poole on his ass. That was so embarrassing. That was crazy crazy he carried this crazy yeah because i you, you can't let him get a shot every possession if he wants to but he might be so good that he can do that and that's the thing with him like he is truly something we haven't seen yeah and it's nuts too because i feel like sometimes these 40 plus point games from him are kind of quiet because it's not the jump shots and everything else. Like, yes, there are, you know, the flashy dunk here and there and stuff. But I feel like a lot of times I look at the box score in the middle of the third quarter and I'm like, wait, he's got 28 right now. I thought he had like 15. Yeah. Yeah, he does kind of do that. But it's probably just because they're twos, you know, he's not shooting all these threes. And before we move on from them, there's a couple more things like for him to close out the game with that lineup. It was jaw. Bain, who hadn't been shooting well, he's, he's got yep. a bad back right now. DeAnthony Melton, who's defense. Zaire Williams is a rookie who's only out there for defense. And then our guy, he Brandon play Clark. This year. Yeah. Brandon Clark resurgence, man. I am all here for it. I'm so glad he's getting his due because the guy didn't play hardly last year. I mean, he's getting DMPs in the playoffs. Yeah, good rookie year. Kind of fell off a little bit. Now he's Huge back. regression and back at better never. Yeah, I mean, they're loving him. It's also a matchup thing. Like, Steven Adams isn't going to serve much of a purpose guarding Draymond Green or whoever. Right, but that's why Brandon Clark is the perfect guy that we thought would succeed in the league because he can switch everything. He can handle the ball. He's got a good enough jumper that you can't just leave him alone and dare him to shoot it. He can knock it down. I mean, he is the perfect small ball five. Side note. Jump out the gym. Side note. Jeremy Sohan is this year's Brandon Clark. Yeah, I think that's a, a very good analogy. And I think he's that same vein. Yeah, I think he's I think he's going to be better because he has. More I think he's going to be more valuable with his jumper. I think he's a much more natural shooter and that's going to serve a lot more value. Like imagine if Brandon Clark had a 38 percent three ball where he was knocking down four or five a game. Then so, all of a sudden it's like, oh, this guy's an all star. Sohan isn't there yet, but if he can be a league average three point shooter. 
his jumper looks way better than Clark's. Yeah, way I mean, more natural. League average. This guy is going to be definitely top. He didn't shoot it. I think he was like thirty-one year, or thirty-two. Oh, really? But it I looks was thinking good. it was more like 33, 34. Yeah, like watching him play, you don't think he's a bad shooter. You're not shocked when he pulls up and hits. I'm fully convinced he can be at least the fourth guy on a championship team. Like if he plays out Agreed. how I expect it to, he's going to be really good. I'm with you. Anyway, he should be a lottery pick for sure. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Brooks has been suspended for game three. Uh, yeah golden state was really dejected steve kerr was calling him out in the postgame presser i i like to see the emotion and i understand why it's just kind of weird to see someone speak so candidly like that um you think he broke the code though i mean it was a hard playoff foul. It just sucks because the way he landed. Like, same thing with the Siakam foul on Embiid and the Raptors fans, like, cheering and stuff when the foul happened. I don't think people realized in the moment. Like, that that was shitty, but I don't think people in the moment are cheering, oh, yeah, he's concussed and broke his face. Like, nobody knew that, and the foul didn't look that bad. Like, no one was freaking out until after the fact when they found out that his face was broken and he was concussed. Then it would turn into a big deal, and you guys are unclassy, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's never a big deal until someone gets hurt and you know it. So with the pool thing, if he lands fine, gets up, and shoots the free throws, I'm not sure that Brooks gets a flagrant, too. I'm not sure he's suspended. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he just lands fine, gets up, knocks him down, I think it's whatever. And it was a, a pretty shitty play. It was a very hard foul. It was a playoff foul that could have led to a little scuffle. But that's all I think it was. I think it was just kind of bad luck that he fell the way he was. And it's basketball at the end of the day. There's going to be some hard fouls. Like, I can't believe that Aiton's Euro step last night that happened to catch Powell funny was a flagrant one. Like, I'm shocked they're calling it this soft. I think the Brooks thing was a flagrant foul for sure. But, like, I don't think it deserves a suspension. It looked pretty similar to the Caruso thing, did it not? I didn't really think that one deserved a suspension. Like, seemed like a hard oh, really? foul, okay. maybe an ejection, but not a suspension. Just the fact that they got hurt, like they fell bad and it happened. If we just suspended people every time everyone got hurt, like no one would ever play. Like, <laughs> oh, bump knees. He was out. He was out for two quarters with a little bone bruise, a little bump on the knee from incidental contact. Let's suspend him for a half, like. I get it. It's a hard foul that led to it. So like, yeah, maybe an ejection. I get, you know, regular season suspension, but it's a playoffs, man. We're going back to the Bay here for game three. Where do you think this series is going to go? Are you still feeling good about Golden State to get it done? I am. I think they probably win these next two or no, it's just one, right? No, no, no. It's two. Excuse me. I think they win these next two. I think Memphis probably wins um, a desperation game back at home, game five. I think that would make it 3-2, and then I think the Warriors would close it out, game six at home. That's what I got. I just think yeah. they're too good to win, uh, to not win two at home. I just don't see it. The crowd's going to be going nuts. This is the first time that they've had playoff basketball there in forever. That Memphis crowd, we thought it was loud. It will be just as loud. Just yeah. as loud in San Francisco. I'm with you. I think they, there's no shot in hell they lose game three. For sure. Game four is the one that would be gettable. Memphis is not going to win back-to-back games in this series. Yeah. All right. On the same page. Okay, let's close it out with your team. 
I'll just give you the floor. You're up to uh, what do you want to say about it? Suns in four. Oh, you're predicting a sweep. Yeah, it's a terrible matchup for the Mavs. Luka could drop 50 every game, and I think we would still win. Is this They can't guard us. Is this more about the Mavs or more about the Jazz? What do you mean? Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, were the Jazz that bad, or is it just They had a bad already given up, folded before the series well, even got going. Yeah, the Jazz stink. We know that. Uh, I think also there was matchups that the Mavericks were able to exploit with the Jazz. Where they had the advantage there, you know. Even if the Jazz had some matchup stuff they could do with Luca and whatnot, and he wasn't even out there for some of the games, I think with Phoenix they've clearly got the matchup advantage because Dallas wants to go small. But if Aiton's playing like a man and really playing good, they can't. They have to play Powell. And if you have to play Powell, then we've got the clear advantage with our five compared to theirs, and we can also hunt Luca. And you get him switched onto Chris Paul or you get him switched onto Devin Booker every possession that he's out there and he's going to be exhausted and he is going to absolutely give up a bucket damn near every time. We saw it last night. The guy can't carry them on offense and on defense. He's got to take some plays off and get some breath somewhere if he's going to play the entire game damn near like he does. Yeah, or Phoenix has the perimeter defenders that the Jazz do not. They stop that ball pressure from the outside. Um, and then, yeah, Luca will have his runs where he just does it all himself, but you can't expect that for four quarters. So if you're not having these Brunson games or Dinwiddie games, they're going to have zero chance. And I think they're going to need crazy games from those guys just to be in it. You know, Phoenix really handled them in both of these. Chris Paul has been at his best. Some of the best playoff basketball we've ever seen from him. He's been very impressive. Yeah. And Booker's looking like Booker again. He's 100%, I think. Yeah, Booker comes in late in game two after Chris Paul puts on a show. Two That was threes. such a sick one-two knockout punch. Yeah, it was that one-two Magoo. Uh, I got... Absolutely. Suns in six at the very latest. I think it could be shorter. Wow. How many do you think Dallas gets in these next I'm going to say Suns in five. Dallas gets one of the two. Phoenix closes it out game five at home. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty realistic. I thought it would go five or six before the series, but after watching those first two games and the momentum we have right now, I don't know if Jason Kidd's going to be able to adjust. I think we got him on the ropes. I don't think they have the personnel. Y'all are too good. I agree. And then I think if we do get up 3-0, that's a wrap. They're folding game four. Luke is going to try to go crazy, do it all, and it's just, it ain't going to happen. You mentioned when we were talking about Memphis and Golden State how Memphis gets that dub and maybe Memphis has a chance to win this series. My head went yeah. my head went here. Everybody thought after what Golden State was doing to Denver and what New Orleans was doing to Phoenix that the tide had changed right. and it was right. Golden State who should be favorites in the West. After what I've seen thus far, <laughs> it's all it's the way back right to square back. one. Yep. Crazy how things change. Phoenix had gone from something like plus 175 Vegas odds to win the finals entering. It got up to like plus 350, maybe even plus 375. And the Warriors got down to like plus 250 in that range. I was looking at that like, seriously? Off of like three or four games? That big of a switch for Vegas. You never so know. did I double down on the Suns? Yes, I did. Oh, yes, I God. absolutely did. 
Jeez. How could I not? Yeah. How could I not? You probably got three months' salary on them. <laughs> I wish, bro. I'd be fucking rich. I've been putting three months' salary on them, man, especially if I started early. How many futures the do season, you have on them? It has to be at least five. Yeah, but I've sprinkled it all year. I mean, preseason. You've been dollar cost been, averaging Suns futures. I mean, it's, it's you know, a little lunch here and there, whatever. Um, I had preseason. <laughs> I told myself it was going to be the only future I made on them. I think it was 70 to win um, around a grand. That I mean, that's oh. the odds they were at. That's they weren't good. even close to a favorite. Yeah, they were like seventh or eighth best odds. Everyone had like Golden State, Nets, Lakers, Lakers you know, all that shit. <laughs> Bucks. Yep. Wow. All right. Well, things are looking good. We'll check back Heck in a yeah, week they from are. There, right? Absolutely. Uh, Wednesday night, we'll be back on a regular schedule. So six days That's from now, probably five by the time you hear this. Yeah, that is the plan, we should say. Um, nothing set in stone, but that's the plan. The plan is Wednesday nights, show coming out Thursdays. That is the plan moving forward. And if you're listening to this tomorrow, May 6th, wish Jackson a happy birthday. Hey, 25. Let's go. Appreciate it. Quarter century crisis inbound. Hey, I had one, man. I had one. I think I'm still going What'd through it. What'd you do? What'd you do? Just been... Oh, I guess I haven't really done anything. I guess I've been thinking about what I'm going to do. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I see. I feel more in the moment. Like, Oh, that's great. My, no, my mom's going to text me like, don't do anything stupid on your birthday. I need to, I need to walk that one back there. <sighs> it'll, it'll happen over time. You'll think, you'll think up something that you need to do. Yeah. I'll buy a new car or something. I need there to do that you anyway. go. Grown yeah. up shit. <laughs> absolutely not gonna buy a motorcycle though not that kind of crisis that's more like 40 or 50 yes absolutely that's the midlife absolutely all right let's get out of here give us that five star rating tell a friend leave a review we appreciate you guys for tuning in and wish jackson happy birthday we'll be back next week peace